It was probably a song that reminded me of it, or I'd done an Arnold Schwarzenegger voice. Writing is definitely an isolating thing. From an yeah. outside perspective, that's weird as well. Makes fun. us look really um, mental. But that is because of what it kind of said about art. I did. I, I had fun in bits. There were fun bits. We, went and, we went and bought a value pack of straps. Oh my god, going. we did. There is a big lesson here to learn about storytelling. Hey guys, welcome back to the Artfrost Podcast, official podcast of digital and creative media works for each week. We take some pop culture and try to break it down to better understand it. My name's David. It's a me. I did it before you. My name is Ben. Damn it. You beat me to the punch. I'm really <laughs> disappointed. I was going to open the episode with that, but I figured I'd let uh, you do the intro You figured you'd let me do it? Yeah, that seems like, <laughs> they'd be like jumping the, well, that, maybe, does that mean you become the host? Like, if you speak first, do, do I you just, then get the, then you have to edit the episode and do all the- Oh. Like Never you mind. get all the responsibility. I'm just, I'm just or... not going to say anything. Yeah, that's what I figured. <laughs> um, so we're on. Uh, we got the new lighting this week. We've been away for about two weeks um, for reasons. Ben was ill, and then also this week turns out none of my computers work. Um, it's it's good fun. Been great. So I'm going to try and weeks. sort that out tomorrow. Yeah. Um, it, that being said, I've been trying to learn to edit on my MacBook, and it has not gone well. Um, it's more through necessity than anything. Yeah. Else, though. So if you don't see this episode for a few days. That's probably why. That's why. Because um, I just want to play my video games and do my job on my computer, or on my computers, which is why I own two, and neither of them will work. Neither of them work. So, you know, that's what <laughs> The we'll... backup has failed. <laughs> yeah. But the good news is we're getting an aircon in about two weeks, so that'll get installed and we'll have some, some temperature control. I mean, it won't help the computers, but you'll feel good about it. <sighs> yeah. But this week, uh, as a bit of a change of pace, uh, we figured you know, a bit, bit of a shorter month, and one of the things that we did when we first transitioned from our old format to our new format was we did a few episodes on, like, world-building of different stuff. Yeah. Uh, we kind of dipped back in, and we talked about Skyrim a few times and a few different things like that. We, but- and we tended to do world-building on things that have a fairly well-established world you know yeah. so some magic systems some some economic systems i believe a few times yeah stuff um, like that i always find quite interesting because it's like a system that is it, it feels like it's existed for a long time and yeah. you're just coming into it as like a viewer yeah. but then we're going kind of the opposite this week which is a, a mythology that keeps constantly changing with seemingly no direction or <laughs> consistency because this week we're talking about the world building of super mario odyssey or just mario in general just mario in general because i feel and I don't know if you guys have seen Nick this Robinson. Is, this is this is very oh his video on <laughs> Mario's. We gotta talk about that because we should touch on that. I, I think, think we should because that is important. I'll I'll try and link it in the show notes if I can remember. But th- there is a there is a Nick Robinson, uh, very good soft boy, did a video about Mario's hair mm. in Mario Odyssey. His to where his very realistic hair, but these sort of hyper rendered textual details on certain yeah. 3D renderings of different characters and different art. Which then has finally made it into Mario Odyssey. It's like finally the first actually time. happening. Yeah, but it's interesting tracking back through this evolution of like Mario as a cartoon character versus with these hyper realistic hair. It's really interesting. I highly recommend watching it. But one of the takeaways from that is there seems to be within Nintendo no real locus of control for what this world is. Like I know that they have Bibles for different games. Like you can go and you can look up, you know, the Bible for the first Mario game and learn about like Luigi and Mario's relationship. But there doesn't seem to be like any consistency. Between the departments making the different games? Yeah, so there's... And I think you can kind of tie it down to the type of Mario game. So, like, there are some Mario games that have a fairly well-established lore, or at least a story and places and towns and cities and, you know, actual world that gets built. Mm -hmm. So, a lot of the RPGs, and by that I mean, like, the four RPGs... They they sort of teeter on the side of, like, you know, talking about, you know, the Mushroom Kingdom and the Bean Kingdom and the other kingdoms. I've only played Superstar Saga. That's the only one I know about. I can tell, yeah. Um, 
And they sort of, you know, they have kind of like an intertwining story and they touch on, you know, like a, a little bit of the world and Reminds how it exists like when the Mario time. boys aren't there. Like Adventure Time yeah. style storytelling where it's like there's a lot of moving pieces within the kingdoms that all they're, interconnect. They've never gone like full like Adventure Time. Well, they lost with... their minds for a while. Yeah, they, no they haven't about. gone like full, you know, post-apocalyptic Mario's yeah, a sociopath, they, they or at least not canonically. Yeah. Um, Although... He kind of, you've seen those eyes. You know that mm. there's something going on. You know that hair is not, not real. No, That's definitely a wig. Um, um, yeah, something going on there. But the, and then you get games like New Super Mario Bros, which is just, it's just levels. Mm. Like there's, there's no, you know, it's just levels. There's and no it, consideration for that stuff. Yeah. yeah. And, and you get the, you get the stuff that's kind of in the middle, like the Galaxy games. So they, yeah. There's a bit, I mean, it's still just levels, and it, you know, you're in space on Galaxy, tiny little planetoids. Galaxy 2 dips a bit more into the lore, like it kind of goes down that route a bit yeah. heavily. The, the, I've just noticed one problem with our new lighting setup is when I look at you, I've got this giant spotlight right here. So you're just never going to look at so me? So I'm never going to look at you. Sweet. Um, I need to... I didn't notice that until before. Um, you, didn't, you didn't beta test the lighting. Well, I did, but looking at the camera, not looking mm. at you, which is something I should have That's unfortunate. Of. Um... No, so I, I think you're right, where th there's an element of what's the actual thematic consistency between these different games, and is there one? Because you look at something like Super Mario Sunshine, which takes place in a whole new setting almost entirely. Super Mario Sunshine is probably one of the most like cohesive Mario games. Mm -hmm. And I think that kind of comes back to the, the point I made about the, 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 the type of Mario game that you're looking at, because... Super Mario Sunshine is sort of... It's, it's one of three of the sort of the open worldy kind of Mario game. So you got Mario 64, which was like the first 4A into 3D Mario. And that was sort of quite a departure from the previous formula of Hugely it's stuff. just levels because it's quite big and you can kind of just do things at your own pace. Um, and you have Super Mario Sunshine, which is basically a sequel to Mario 64 in terms of gameplay. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then you have Mario Odyssey, which is, again, follows that kind of semi-open world exploration-based kind of Mario experience. It does have tones though of and I I I think one of the one of the reasons that the world is so complicated in those games is that they they manipulate the world and the the level design and the storytelling and stuff to facilitate the ability for you to do things in different ways. So like Odyssey is the ultimate version of that where there's like 20 different ways to get to one spot yeah using the different hack captures or the or the different uh jump mechanics or the throw mechanics there's a bunch of different ways you can do stuff but i think one of the reasons that it's so hard to pin down exactly what it is they're trying to do with their storytelling is that the result of that is this kind of this consistency in like level so you'll drop into a level and it will feel like a place right but there lacks sort of a, a consistency across the whole game to a larger extent. And it's kind of weird because it all happens on one planet, right? Odyssey. So, Odyssey is the first oh, game. Oh, Jesus, yeah. Well, I mean, except for the moon, but... But, like, ostensibly, yeah. Odyssey is the first game to acknowledge that all of this is happening in the same planet. So these are, like, different biomes, if you will, of this yeah. location. And, like, you know... Which is weird when you really think about it. Which, if you think about it for too long, it's like, uh, what? It's, why so, are there humans everywhere? Yeah. Are they humans, or are they just... Why are they only in New Donk City? Are they just a species that looks like humans? The, the, in that is, case, what is Pauline? Is she just, like, a weird well, queen the, bee? And then, like, the other... And then also the Bowserling, the ba Bowser's children... <laughs> Um. What? How do they fit into the mix? What a Koopa. Well, they're like, the the. So they're not the. Wait. What? The, what's a Goomba? Like it, this. The problem. I think the issue that the, I'm the trying. The bunnies to, and Odyssey. They're not Bowser's 
kids. They're like they're the they're bunny. I don't know. They're like they're bunny things. The same fucking. Yeah, I know they're, they're not, not the but Koopalings, they're, but they might as well be. You, yeah, you know. but they're not. No, but they're just something else entirely. But the, <laughs> w- what I'm trying to get at, because I think like when Mario doesn't make an effort as a franchise to make sense, but Nintendo. So like you look at something like Zelda, and because again, this is kind of a Nintendo issue that no one else is really like. Everyone's just kind of accepted blindly that Nintendo don't have to adhere to their own, like, previous games, because they're all so different, the different titles. Breath of the Wild is one of the best titles in that sense, because it didn't try to tie itself to the other games, but it also proposed a story that could happen at any time within the other versions of the Zelda franchise. Yeah, well, like, Z- Zelda's a weird one because of the, uh, the, the quote-unquote official Zelda timeline. And the is, time travel and the is, okay, is very bonkers. But um, I, the, the thing that I'm trying to, like, tap I think into... They, I think they actually canonically placed... Um, Breath of the Wild in the timeline somewhere. I don't know where. I just saw the headline. Um, I know they that have placed it. Yeah, well, because Skyward Sword's the first one. Sure. And, and Breath I'd the, believe that. Breath of the Wild <laughs> is like before when everything's in ocean. Uh, Wind Waker? Wind know. Waker. Who knows? But like, the point of that is that they don't seem to have any kind of concern for, for the, the history of those worlds that they're, they're like taking place in because the games are so unique and different and interesting. But I think with something like Odyssey and especially... Like, now that Nintendo is... They're back in a big way, right? Like, they were yeah. kind of the, the... You know, Galaxy 2 was the standout title on the Wii generation of consoles. But I think... Like, n- no one bought a Wii for Galaxy. No. Whereas people yeah. people bought Nintendo Switches to play Odyssey. And it's because it was a spiritual successor to 64. But I think... Like, if you're talking about, like, what makes a game interesting to play, Mario's world building is so intrinsically tied to the way that it feels to play a Mario game, like the platforming elements and the the jumping and the running and the flipping and the and then the addition of the hat and stuff. But the issue that I have with Nintendo's games in general is you can do all of that and do it well, but at what point is there a response is there like a responsibility on the person making the game to avoid you like cause there are points when I was playing through that game where I was like, hang on a minute. Like I don't I know it's a game for kids and it's supposed to be fun and like you know, enjoyable and stuff. Yeah. But there were a few moments where I was like, this doesn't actually like make sense with everything else I played. Like there's a point where you go into I can't think of what world it is, but you go into like a dungeon and you fight a guy with giant fists and you have to they're like rocket fists that you have to Oh yeah, in. that guy. Yeah, is the he's in the He doesn't in, fit like, in the pyramid. The rest of any of the game. Like it's just it it doesn't the, his hands are just sort of giant bullet bills. Yeah, there's elements of that where you like, go his hands are just bullet bills. It's cool boss design, but you know what what's and then there's like a giant lapras thing in that underwater level and the you know new dog city is like the crowning jewel of that game it's like the i think it's like the best level of mario ever maybe like i think i think new dog city is like it's the best level in i don't know it's the best level in odyssey just from if you took all the levels and sort of compared them on each of their sort of strengths and weaknesses Mm -hmm. new dog city probably has like the most strengths um but I think it has has flaws. I think one floor is just there's no enemies. So it gets kind of like as a Mario level. It doesn't feel like it doesn't have any enemies. Yeah. Like it's kind of in that sense, it's it's like pure exploration. But the exploration is so good in that level that it kind of just supersedes the fact that there isn't much else. I still think yeah. it's the best level in the game. I just don't um, know that it fits in that. Th- this is my issue. Like that's a cool level, but does it fit in Odyssey? Like I th- I think you know New I mean? Donk City is the kind of level that if you could, like, if if Odyssey was a much more linear game, 
it would fit in well. Like if you couldn't constantly go back to previous worlds and like redo them, Maybe it like would a work breath, really breath well. Of fresh air. Cause it, yeah, it is like a really big breath of fresh air. Like, especially when you get there and it, and it is full of enemies and you go through that like nighttime scene and then you clean it up and it's all great and dandy and you listen to some cool tunes. You drive on a scooter. You drive on a scooter. It's good. And it's like, yeah, like from that perspective, it's like, it would, it, it's strengths are even more stronger in that sense the more but because yes. yeah but because you can go back it's like oh new donk city and even though you may not like realize it 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 does play differently because yes. it is it is the most you know it's the kind of most wacky level in that game but i but i th- i think though if if we're talking about this idea of cuz we I, I feel like we 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 harp on this so goddamn much i feel like there's a few points that we keep coming back to in this podcast no matter how long it goes on <laughs> but one of the reasons that like worlds feel cohesive when you're experiencing them so whether it's like um uh, like a film or a game or anything, like a comic book or, or it doesn't matter what it is. The trick to like really good world building is the balancing act between giving the person, like the audience, enough explanation that they go, okay, cool, but not too much that they then start to like question the internal logic of the world. Right. So, like a good example is like Harry Potter, the first few books, you don't worry about it's how just magic. It's magic. magic, but then magic. J.K. Rowling transitions it from a fairy tale genre into like a coming of age action thriller and then suddenly she has to kind of retrofit rules back on what she's already done and it you know doesn't work but it's my humble opinion um it's (laughs) some of them are like really stretching but that's only because that invited criticism because of the way it was written right mario is interesting because it's a game that has got a world in such a way that it's not asking you to ask questions about the world you just play through the world and you have a good time and it's fun and it's exciting. Except that a few of the levels start with setups from characters in the world about events occurring in the world that make you go, oh, cool, there's some stuff going on when I'm not here. Like when you get to the water world and it's all murky and shitty and, and the worst and someone's like, hey, Mario, this is all goofed up. Can you go help? Like the mayor's like, go help him out. And you're like, okay, cool. Sounds right. dope. Yeah. And then as you're playing through it, you're like, wait, there's a mayor of this place. Okay. Well, where do they work from? Because most of this is underwater. And you get to the underwater section, you're like, okay, I get the shops down here, but, like, what's the economy? And, like, suddenly, by... In other Mario games, you don't question that there's, like, a Princess Peach in a castle. Because it's a giant castle, she's the princess, everyone knows she's the princess, Bowser captures her. But suddenly, when you have these discrete variables in these different levels, it, like, the more new characters and new concepts you introduce, the more chance that someone's going to be like, hang on, how does that work? I feel like that's why Odyssey is so interesting is because it raises those questions and then goes, nah, here's a swimsuit. Like it kind of, do you know what I'm saying? And even like when the, when there are sort of moments in the game that make sense from a sort of like thing is happening, Mario does a thing, another thing happens, move on to the next world. Like even when they do that kind of, you know, three arc structure, well, I guess like two arc structure of just like sort of you go and you fix the problem, day saved get a celebration and then you get more moons to collect yeah, yeah even when they do do that it's like it's so exaggerated and ridiculous like mm-hmm. the the goddamn mario festival in new donk city when you when you save the day like it's buck wild it's it's insane like they're all they've set up this like <laughs> like they've, they've set up an obstacle course for you and it's like mario do the obstacle course and you're like it's a me <laughs> but how did they set it up they don't have the cap, cappy. <laughs> but then, like, why did they set it up? And then why are they just playing music and forcing Mario to go? It just, 
it's it's yeah. like it's like we're doing the new donk festival and it's like oh that's cool like that's you know it's like a new donk festival it's like and the main attraction is you the player mario and it's like see that doesn't make any okay it's almost it's good sh- <laughs> like it the, I, don't get me wrong that part of the game is amazing no, I, a lot of it's really cool but like the game's biggest problem is a lot of that stuff almost makes sense well, and then there's, and then like, know. and then like Bowser's plan where he's like, I'm going to marry Zelda. You're like, no, not Zelda. <laughs> I'm going to marry Zelda from, <laughs> from the other game. From the other video like, game. I'm going to marry Peach. You're like, yeah, whatever. Like that makes like, sure, whatever. Like, but there's marriage typical. in this world. But no, no, no. But then he's like, okay. There's like, because I need to marry Peach. Like I need a cake and I need a ring and I need to get, and you're like, oh, you're actually going to marry. Like, it's not just that I've kidnapped her and I'm going to make her my bride. Ha <laughs> ha. See you in five worlds. Nah. He's like, no, I'm actually preparing a wedding, and well, you're f- and it, like, you follow him, and it's like, oh, he's gotten the cake, and you're like, why? Yeah, it doesn't. And then obviously the level they cut, and which, then at the very end, just, she just has this giant ring because Bowser doesn't understand, doesn't understand wedding. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> like he would have had to get a marriage certificate and everything, and like at no point was someone like, an, like, hey, hey, Bowser. The- the rings are the rings big. Are a bit big hey. Like it just, and also you need two of them. You just bought one. Like it's funny, but it just. <laughs> and then there's the anime ending where it's just <laughs> you play as Bowser. I just, I guess it's cool. I don't know. It's just I, uh, I don't know how to talk about it without seeming like a cynical bitch because I, I really love this game. We haven't even fucking touched on the on the Cappy logistics. <laughs> we haven't even touched the Cappy logistics so there's, yet. So that okay. So there's a Tim Burton ghost world where everyone has hats. And some of the hats are ghosts, ghosts that can go into other hats, and then they're but, living hats that can. Here's the problem. No, don't they turn into hats? I, they turn into different. They're just hats. ghosts that can be hats. Yeah. The issue though they can be very is, sad. But then why do you have to buy the hats? Also, there's an issue of like, yeah, it doesn't. There's an issue. I, I don't know. There's an issue. I, I, because I assume they need something to look at to copy, right? It's like a transformer. They can't just become a Mustang. They have to scan a Mustang. Right, you remember, you remember Transformers One. Let's not talk about the internal logic of Transformers. We'll be here for weeks. Yeah, but like the <laughs> the, it's frustrating to me, to my brain, because yeah, I get it. This ghost, he become hat. I'm fine with him becoming hat. The problem is when he goes into a creature or a thing, he's imbuing it with sentience, and it didn't previously have sentience. So like a frog. It didn't really think of for itself. It's just frogging about. Then Mario jumps into it, and bam! It's got intelligence. Suddenly, it's a, a Mario frog. Is the is the frog's brain paused while he's in it, or does it experience his sentience? And then when he leaves, it's just internally screaming forever. <laughs> and you become a tree at one point. Trees don't got brains. Is the hat just magic, or yes? Because I just but like the it's magic, David. This is Harry Potter one. Yeah, I guess the problem I have though is they're that- gonna release like more Odyssey games. It's gonna God. get more and more convoluted. The, but my, trying my to sh- explain the hat logistics. Uh, what if I, what if a hat went on a hat? Well, what you can't cap- do that. That's not possible in the game. What if a hat went on a hat? You can't do that. It's like crossing streams yeah. in, in the Ghostbusters. You but they, they, do they do cross the streams yeah. in Ghostbusters, though. Yeah. It's called a setup like, and payoff. It's like the, it's the pivotal part of the it, film. Look, all I'm saying is that for a series that is so heralded for like being consistently fun and interesting, they sure made a game that was all of those things, but that kind of... It veers a little bit sometimes into that territory of... Inviting you to ask questions that you really should about just world building and Mario games in general. Mm-hmm. His his thesis was generally and buildings and 
items and shit. But on top of that, you have the layers. We know that the Lakitu's are like they're filming. Yeah, they're, they're yeah, they're like film crew basically. So, so like the Lakitu. Who's watching it? Like I guess. Also, t- the new the new Nintendo Direct confirms that Donkey Kong has a TV. King DK. What? No, King K. Rule yeah. is is Donkey Kong not a? Fu- I'm pretty sure. Yeah, no, I, what am I trying to say here? I, I guess you're right, and and one of the elements of that... Thank that, you. Right. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. I, I am right. Um, but as far as, like, universe building and stuff, with Odyssey... Even when, when you're on the moon, mm-hmm. and everyone's there to, like, cheer you on. Oh, like, Maru unlocked the secret level, the... Spoiler alert, Dark Side of the Moon. This game's been out for months. Even though it's like, you know, you've got the secret level, congratulations! It's like the whole the whole squad is there to cheer you on. It's like, isn't this a secret level, or is this the, or is this the the final stage, the the last the season finale of Ninja Warrior Australia? Is it just a reality Australia? TV show? Yeah. Like, or is wherever because even like, or is know, it like, like a Truman Show where like Bowser is working for the TV company and he's making all of these? Like even like Bowser's castle in this game is like individually like floating japanese inspired japanese china japanese japanese we'll go with that japanese inspired like buildings and architecture with dragons and pokebirds and yeah it's, it's like it has an element it, of like being produced to it and then there's a dragon just halfway through the game there's just a dragon i don't that's, that's just when the producers were getting a bit, a bit lazy like, yeah they were like they were like oh know. we really need to bring back some season some, two is getting really boring we need to bring back our audience let's put a dragon, put a dragon. i mean let's to be honest dark souls so, that'll bring the fucking kitties yeah it it does have vibes of like other like so like with galaxy which is like your well, galaxy 2 especially because that's one of my favorite mario games that struck a really cool balance of like one of the benefits of exploring was you learned a lot more about these different like systems that you were in, yeah. Um, and I, because th- like as much as they were levels, right? They're like levels that you complete. Some of them had like a little bit of like a spice of story, like a little bit of flavor to them, where you were right. like, oh, I could see how this happened. Whereas I feel like Odyssey, it sure New Donk City feels like it's always been there, <clears throat> but that doesn't work with other levels where it feels like it's not existed until you've arrived. Yeah, like some of the. Like the um the the water the fucking water level I don't know the one with like the giant not the beach one the other one, um, um yeah where it's just like there's those there's those like Lapras looking things just swimming around just forever there's not enough yeah it's like it's like that's you can't live there there's like not what, enough room. like are you eating the the fucking fish where are the fish coming from this is a closed pond yeah it doesn't stuff like that this is, is a very small closed pond sure it's internal logic that you don't need to question but. <sighs> We're going to nitpick it anyway. Welcome to AFA. Well, no, but they nailed it in, uh, like, so many of the other levels. Well, yeah, because they, they, they nailed it in, like, 64. That's like, what I don't even, get. Even Peach's... Like, even, um, goddamn, like, the Mushroom Kingdom in Odyssey. Spoiler, big spoiler for that one. Even the Mushroom Kingdom in Odyssey is, like, a floating landmass kind of situation compared to Mario 64, where it was just... It existed, they just kind of surrounded it with mountains so that you wouldn't escape. But yeah. it's still... It wasn't just like a floating. It was part of a world. Yeah, it wasn't just. Yeah, it wasn't just like a floating abyss. Yeah, which every every level feels a bit like that in this, where it's like this is this is where it's happening. Don't worry about whether or not it's part of something. Yeah, and like I get that. Everything from... feels like a rainbow road. Yeah, which isn't in and of itself bad. The problem is it doesn't gel well with the way that they tried to make the game feel so organic when you're playing it. Like you feel like you're discovering it as you're going, which is cool and interesting and fun. But that doesn't really work if it feels like what you're doing isn't connected to something bigger. Like that—that's the um, 
the the biggest problem with like say uh like like a fallout 3 game design uh, one of the problems that game had was they had really cool discrete dungeons that you would go through and they were really long and interesting and they had great rewards at the end if you paid enough attention but one of the problems that introduced was sometimes it was hard to tell if that was even part of the world because of the way that they were designed like it felt like its own little microcosm of something else entirely yeah which is cool when you're playing it but then when you leave you're like wait you're did like, that exist in the oh, same universe i or? just basically it's like doing the main quest and then finishing yeah and then the world's like oh the world just kind of keeps going and you're like but i did it. things yeah and react like, to me acknowledge my existence which please. they kind of nailed a bit better in skyrim but i think like the lesson from that is if you want to do something cool and interesting and unique that is its own thing in that world to like say uh what's it gonna say like say bowser's castle or the mushroom kingdom like that's fine but because everything else feels so organically part of the world you have to like justify that in you have to like hang a lampshade on it and be like well it used to be on the ground but then you know Bowser kept trying to steal Peach, so put it in the sky. Like even like sh- a throwaway line like that. Pretty sure that's like that's straight up like the um the story of one of the Mario games as well. Like Bowser is just like sick of kidnapping Peach, so he just fucking steals the car. Oh, that's Galaxy One, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it's one of the Galaxy games where he just fucking steals the castle, mm. and it's like that. At least then, like when you eventually get to the castle, makes sense. Makes sense because you saw it happen. It's just. A lot of the levels in Odyssey are just kind of like, you're going here next. Don't ask why. You and you just go, die. okay. And like, well, I don't hate, oh, fine. I don't hate that. It just feels- Lunching some... Kingdom. Love it. I hate that level. There's, there's a few really bad ones. Yeah. Really bad, really bad levels. But by and large, it's a great game. I just Cloud think, Kingdom. I, I think- like five moons in there. <laughs> yeah. I didn't... The cloud one, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that. There's, I just think like if- And yeah, I, I've, we, we may have nitpicked a bit, but I think it's important when you want to like- especially in media in general, like, if you want to build a cohesive world, you have to understand what the rules are you're setting up for yourself, not just within the world itself, like the world logic, but also the rules of how you're telling the story, I think, are really important because it informs you when you need to, like, acknowledge certain things. So in Lord of the Rings, no one bats an eye when they walk from, like, the Shire to Rivendell. But when they get from one part of the world um, to, like, the these mountains that are really far away they go like oh no they got in these boats and they they they, they paddled through this gate then they went over here and they did this yeah and they acknowledge it because it's different than what was happening before and it's about that difference because that difference creates friction it's the best example i can think of uh that that i can't claim is my own i can't think of who told me this but um it was one of my teachers when i was at university uh they said that world building is like a is like a, a street that's got lots of heavy traffic on it and the more changes you make in lanes and turns and different maneuvers, the more chance of creating a collision that people are going to notice, the more chance of creating friction. So the goal of world building is to make something that is really interesting. It's a fun road to drive on, but know that when you're making a turn or a change that you have to prepare to avoid that friction. Otherwise people notice. Right. And that's why I think like Odyssey stands out as a really like, it's one of my favorite games of all time. It's no breath of the wild, but it's up there for me. And one of the reasons that it kind of let me down a little bit in some of the places was that they never addressed that friction. They went, oh, don't worry about it. It's Mario. It's cool. It's cool, bro. And I'm like, yeah, I get that. And I get that it's like a fun game and it's supposed to be for kids and it's not for us to like nitpick. But you can you can fix that pretty quickly in a writer's room. Like you just have to have a conversation about it. Right. And it feels to me that like Nintendo, especially Nintendo as a company, do not like having like, and I know it's because they make games differently than, or they make media differently than, than like Western um styles but it just seems like they never have those interrogative conversations where they're like well 
these three things in the game don't match any of the others. Should we ride around them or just leave them in? And they just go, nah, fuck it, leave them in. Nah, fuck it, keep the dragon, that's cool. Yeah, and like, you can fix a dragon by having one fucking line in the game. Like, stuff like that, you can just ride away. But yeah. you have to do it because it, it helps you avoid that friction, but they seem intent on creating the friction. I know it creates character and charm that's like, how goofy and wacky is the Mario series? But at the same time, like, I can't not think about that stuff when I'm playing it. Right. I mean, that's just us because we fucking do a show about, like, interrogating so stuff. All we do is fucking nitpick shit. Yeah, because it's like, that's how you learn how to make sh- better shit. Is by talking just about nitpick stuff. Nitpick everything else. Yeah, because it's like, and people are like, oh, can't you ever just watch something and enjoy it? And I'm like... Not yeah. as much anymore. Like, I mean, I enjoy some things, but you can you enjoy still it and sit there still and pick it like, apart. Yeah, this could be better. Yeah, and that's like kind of the fun. It's like we're not saying that we could do it better, but it's just a question of when you acknowledge that, you can then incorporate that into what you're doing and make your stuff less bad. That's really the goal: is to like make your stuff less bad so that it has a chance of being good. Yeah, and I would have just preferred if, like, I don't know, maybe maybe a little more self-awareness from 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 the way that they were writing that game could have alleviated some of those issues before they were even problems um but yeah that being said like i love the game and i think oh that... Mario odyssey is a fucking phenomenal game <laughs> yeah and i think like this, if... this is just the nitpick hour at the moment yeah well we're talking about world building specifically and i think that's like that idea of friction is something that will probably come up in the next <coughs> few episodes because i think it's one of the most crucial things that you can do to make a world feel better mm. um but yeah so i i guess like do you have any recommendations for this week? Anything you've been checking out? I started watching Final Space. Oh, once you get past how annoying the main character's voice actor is, it's quite good. Oh, I, I love Alan Rogers. Mm. Like, I, I've been a fan of him, his stuff before. What do you think like, so far? I like Alan Rogers. Like, yeah. I think he's a, he does a really good job on it. Um, I'm glad they replaced... So, in the pilot, he voiced pretty much all the characters. Mm-hmm. While I thought it was funny... Like, it was kind of obvious. So I'm glad he's only voicing, like, three of the characters in this. Yeah. Like, the guy with the multiple eyes, that's, like... It's, like, such one of... like It's 100% like one of his voices that he puts on. Yeah. Um, I think it... Getting into nitpick space. It... The... It, the pacing is weird. Mm-hmm. Things move a bit quick. But not in the sense that you can't follow or, like, things are hard to understand. It's just... Some parts that should have a bit more development to them they kind don't. of just, they just get to, they just skip the middle bit. They have the setup and then they just have the payoff. They don't have the setup and the, 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 you know, the bubble. Yeah. The, the middle bit. That's the meaty, interesting bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, definitely. That's, so, makes some a, lot char- of, so a lot of payoffs feel less good, that's but good. yeah, it gets better enjoy, as it goes on. I enjoy just the dumb antics and I'm able to just kind of shut off and yeah. be like yeah it's you know it's not trying to be smart or anything it gets better as it goes on because then it the characters develop a bit and you kind of it kind of beds things a bit more competently i yeah. think yeah it's- I, I really like what they do what they're currently doing with the um like the opening because in the first episode with the opening you're like oh he's stuck in space and it's like oh this is like an in media res kind of thing and then they set up the first episode so well that you think that the ending of the first episode is going to wrap around to the start, but then it's fine. And you're like, hang on. And then the next episode starts and he's, he's in that shit situation. You're like, Oh, and then you realize each minute is an episode. You're like, Oh no. It's really cool. So I I think I'm like, I'm like six episodes in and I've realized what they've doing with, with like the opening. And I'm I'm very, I I really like that. I think you'll, I think you'll like the ending. It's, it's really fun. I I I have a a feeling I know what's going to happen, but it's like, it it hasn't like ruined. Uh, 
I thought I did, like, and then I didn't. I, well, I have an it... idea of the 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 structure, not yes. what's going to happen, no, but yeah, I, I yeah. know what the structure is going to be. Yeah. But it's not. I'm like, I'm just excited. Yeah. You know, it's just really cool. So, yeah. It's a cool show. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. It's it's Alan Rogers, who's a really cool YouTuber. He's like, this is like a passion project, and it has some legitimately good, like, some really good talent, talent in yeah. it. They yeah. got David Tennant. <laughs> David Tennant. They've got um, they've got Coco. Yeah, in the producer seat. It's exciting. One of the producers. Yeah, yeah I'm loving it. It's a good one. Um, I haven't really been watching or doing anything. I'm trying to fix my computer. Uh, <laughs> you've, I've, been, you've been staring at uh, at umar.com.au. <laughs> mad. Um, I've started. Uh, I watched Patton Oswalt's uh, comedy hour on Netflix, Annihilation. Um, not the film. No. Annihilation. Um, and it is one I just one of the best comedy hours I've ever seen. I've never enjoyed Netflix comedy specials. It's so it's just an hour. Be a hard sell. It made me cry. Like it's oh, really okay. emotional that's, and like that's really probably involved. good then. Because um, I, I I hate funny people. It's not so much a comedy as it is like he, t- he basically his wife just like a hilarious drama. Well, like not really. Like his wife passed away, and it's him talking about like how much his life right. has fallen apart yeah, since okay. that happened. So it's that yeah, that kind of thing. And it's really it's like laughing good. at BoJack. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Also, speaking of BoJack, I made a video last week when Ben was away because um, we weren't here. Because I was dead. Um, I made a video about like what makes BoJack so unique to watch. It's like three minutes long. If you want to check it out, it's on our YouTube channel. Um. It's getting a ton of hits and a lot of people are really liking it. So I'm going to check that out. Um, it's like three minutes. I kept it really tight. And it's just like why I think the show is worth watching, basically. Because um, season uh, the next season is coming up, season five. Season, wait, season five? I'm pretty sure, yeah. What happened? Did, did, wait, did season four happen? Yeah, we, we, we did a review of season Did we four. do season four? Season four I... is when he has a daughter. That's season four. Oh, I barely remember that yeah. season. I'm going to have to, like, sort of recap myself. You could just re-listen s- to our episodes. Because I remember season one vividly, yeah. <laughs> but it's just kind of teetered off since then. Mm. Um, yeah, I'll, I'm going to have to go back and sort yeah, of the, recap to before one, we watch the new one. Yeah. new one comes out next month, I think, which I'm pretty excited about. <clears throat> yeah. Um, but yeah, pretty pretty much that's it. I've discovered Jetty Bones, who is an amazing musician. She does my kind of alt, kind of rocky indie stuff, but she's yeah. American. She's really cool. I think that's it. Uh, where can people find us, Ben? Facebook. At DCMWorks Social. YouTube. YouTube.com slash DCMWorks. Twitter. At DCM underscore works. Patreon. Patreon.com slash DCMWorks. I have an American coworker who sits next to me. Oh, yeah. So I'm picking up a lot of- Patreon. Patreon. Instead of- I I have a- a, a Patreon. I have an English friend who says Patreon. (laughs) Which I think is quite cute. Patreon. Patreon. It's very Um, adorable. I know. It's it's very cute. She's not happy that I think it's funny. Um- (laughs) But yeah, you can check all that stuff out. Uh, Patreon, if you subscribe for more than $3 a month, you get access to all of the extra shit that we've done. Uh, should be a new part of Interface coming up. It's going to come out this week, but like I haven't been We don't have a computer to- or two. If you're a Patreon subscriber, you'll have been up to date of my woes. I've been posting some updates there. Mm. Um, hopefully tomorrow I can sort it out because I know what's wrong now. Um, we've fixed everything else. I just need another RAM stick, which I need to find somewhere in this room. There is a RAM stick somewhere here, and we just don't know uh, where it is. If I knew where it was, I could play No Man's Sky tonight and get my fix. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, so if you follow us on Patreon, you get access to a bunch of stuff. Uh, you can also buy, buy my book at maynotrick.com or on Amazon. Uh, the audiobook should be coming out soon. Again, that was going to be next week, but... There's been some setbacks. Buy my book. Buy my book. Maynardtrig.com. Buy my book. Buy my book.com. Maynardtrig.au. 
and buymybook.com.mailtrick.au. Uh, if you buy the ebook at checkout, use the uh, coupon code AFA Pod. That's AFA Pod. You get fifteen percent off the ebook. And last week we launched the premium hardback edition. It comes with like exclusive digital downloads. It's a really good listen. It's like a digital deluxe book. version, but it's a hardback. But also you get a physical, physical one. You so can, it's a physical digital. You can hit your nan with if you wanted to. It's quite Man, hefty. It's you could take someone out with it. You shouldn't. And no. then read a very good book. Yeah, it's not like in the in the um in that uh, Roald Dahl one where he like murders a woman with like the roast and then feeds it to the police. You know that one? It's like the frozen lamb, like a lamb or something. Didn't that? Didn't that just actually happen? I don't think that's a Roald Dahl book. It might have happened in real life. I think that actually happened. Uh, well, you never know. <laughs> okay. Um. But yeah, uh, you can follow us uh, for all those places to get updates on what we're doing, what we're posting. Uh, the best place to follow us is Twitter, because that is just content. We don't really post anything else there, so if you just want to get the stuff. Um, otherwise, if you want to follow us at, uh, into fucking Jesus Christ. You were so close to pulling that <sighs> off as well. I'm at DC on my hip pie. I'm at Literal Citrus. I can't believe I fucked that up. I almost nailed it, and I got you really confused. Did. We'll see you guys next week. Yeah, it was probably a song that reminded me of it, or I'd done an Arnold Schwarzenegger voice. Writing is definitely an isolating thing. From an yeah. outside perspective, that's weird as It makes fun. us look really um, mental. But that is because of what it kind of said about art. I did. I, that had fun in bits. There were fun bits. We, went and, we went and bought a value pack of straps. Oh my god, from. we did. There is a big lesson here to learn about storytelling. That's a bit I nail every week. Usually, it's the ending. Yeah, it's easy to ramp you're like, into. You're like, know, hell yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go to bed. Yeah, well, have a nap. I mean, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's nearly seven. It's bedtime. For this baby boy. <laughs>